all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Yeah, that, that one didn't get me. You laughed. A little bit. You definitely laughed. Um, housekeeping. Um, I heard from Kelsey on Twitter. She messaged us and clarified. Do you remember um, last week's episode of The Express Samina? The MS Express Samina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the ill-fated owner line of the the ship um, was Minoan Flying Dolphins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, she explained why. Uh, so the Minoan Palace of Nosos or Nosos maybe is known for iconic dolphin frescoes, and they do uh, look like they're flying. That's pretty cool. So Minoan Flying Dolphins. It was named after that. So it's actually not as ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I thought just the name alone sounded like a new species of animal. like a (laughs) flying, Yeah, like a flying fish. Like you hear about flying fish that jump out of the water, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so anyway, thank you, Kelsey, for knowing your Greek history way better than we do, obviously. Yeah, that's actually, that was pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can you can Google image search it. It, it is kind of cool. Um, of course, follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod at gmail.com and dot com. Uh, that's about it as far as housekeeping goes. I think. Yeah. Um, we are recording this uh, the night of. Raleigh's impending snowpocalypse. <laughs> yes. We already braved a trip to the grocery store. Oh, my God. And to Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> was Dick's unusually busy? It wasn't. There was hardly anybody in there. It was actually nice. Okay. Yeah. Very good. That was not the case in Target. Target was I'm sure. busy. Um, and, uh, yeah, Harris Teeter, which for anyone who, like, I had never heard of Harris Teeter until we moved up here. We did not have Harris Teeters. They had them in Greenville, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd heard of Piggly Wiggly, Win Dixie, Mm -hmm. Publix, but um, never Harris Teeter. But that Harris Teeter is like our area's nicest option. Yeah. yeah, In general, Um, better than Food Lion, better than uh, Lowe's Foods. So. Um, but yeah, there, there were so many people that there was just one single long line just to get to the point where you could wait in line, basically in individual lines. It was pretty bad. I think there were a total of five registers open. I think it was like four and the self-checkout. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. And there was literally at one point, there had to have been 30 people in line. At least I think. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. (laughs) Yep, and then there there was the one lady who thought it was her job to make sure everybody knew that they had to get to the back of the line as they were lining up. It reminded me, and she had pink hair to boot, she so did it have just pink it hair. made the image uh, even even more powerful. But it reminded me of the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where oh yeah, 
<laughs> the guy's got like a theater kind of in his own house, and the lady he goes to go in with a water bottle, and the lady tells him he can't bring it in. No, it, it was at a, a screening of a movie. Okay, that's it what was it was. Larry David, and he had a water bottle, and she was standing by the door, and yes. she's like, "Oh, you can't bring that in here." Like she worked <laughs> like, there, like she and then later on, she just yeah. goes and sits down, and he's like, "Well, <laughs> why just did some you? regular person?" Just, yeah, it's just not allowed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of yeah. when, he, when he told me what she yeah. was doing. It was it was pretty close to that so yeah when it's going to snow in this vicinity people just go apeshit and don't know what to do with themselves a lot less than they used to it's not as bad as it was when i first moved here really yeah because there are like multiple plows now i saw two (laughs) plows out on the road today i mean obviously they weren't plowing anything because they haven't snowed yet but um but just for reference for anyone else who lives in a snowy area we are predicted to get one to four inches of rain and and this is what's going on panicking yes (laughs) now i will admit i did not grow up well i grew up for a little bit with snow because i did live in minnesota for a while um, and in Indiana, and, yeah. we got snow as well. Not as much as Minnesota, obviously. Basically, in Minnesota, from what I recall, the snow started in October and didn't go away till like, March or April. April. And that's what Boston was kind of similar to that, too, as I recall. It's where I grew up, too. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't... It, it certainly wasn't odd for our first snowball... To, snowball. Snowfall. Snowfall to be in October. yeah. Yeah. And not have it completely... It's never completely gone until, like, the first week in April. Mm-hmm. And that's early. That's that's during the brown season. <laughs> yes. Where it's just all it's the so dirt gross. and everything they threw on so everything. So gross. When snow hangs around, it is disgusting. It kind of is. When it first just is falling, it's oh, all, yeah. all angelic and beautiful. The morning the morning after, like, a nice snowfall is, is really pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... <laughs> You do it all right there, mm-hmm. here. <laughs> I don't know how we did that. <laughs> um, that reminds me of something Ron Brewer used to say. Oh, I almost spilt my Colt forty-five. <laughs> that was so funny. I almost spilt my Colt forty-five. That's Colt, what he used to say. Smooth cold. Colt forty-five. Was that like a really gross brand of beer back in the day? It's a it's a malt liquor actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it still around? Probably. I'm huh. sure it is. Okay. Well, you were drinking your. Uh, Nationwide local, local nationwide? My national local beer. And I am drinking hard sparkling water because I'm being very... Because that's how we roll. Skinny tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It only has 100 calories. I can drink five of them. Anyway. Um, So it's funny because in our current state of panic because of... Up the potential of up to four inches of snow um, here in Raleigh. It's a stark contrast to our topic today. <laughs> yes. So I already gave you the hint. You did. And you, you guessed you, you it thought, right you away. You thought you were being clever. I did. And I nailed it. But can I give, uh, obviously our listeners know what the topic is, but I still want to, I, I am allowed to give my hint, right? Yes, you are. Okay. Yep. Pino Pinot Noir, mid-sized car, Pinot Noir, Draco Noir, Pinot Noir, Myanmar. Myanmar. Yes. So. Pinot. Whatever. I I can't. (laughs) Every time that song came on, you sang it. So that's how I knew. Well, no, it wasn't that song. It was Unbreakable. They laughed at it. It's a miracle. 
Unbreakable. Yeah, so Titus Andromedon of um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, one of my favorite TV characters ever, along with Moira Rose on Schitt's Creek because I secretly, or maybe not so secretly, just wish I could be an absolute diva with no sense of self-consciousness. <laughs> that is who the real me is inside. Isn't that who everybody uh, is inside? Wouldn't it be lovely if we were all Moira Rose and Titus Andromedon? Except we'd all be dead because we wouldn't get any, like, we wouldn't be able to do anything productive. It would be annoying after about a half a day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so yes, our topic today takes place in Myanmar. Um, and I did actually mean to look up whether it was Myanmar or Myanmar. <laughs> I've always thought it was I'm Myanmar. i look real quick. I did too until I heard the Pinot Noir song and he said Myanmar. So before I make a total idiot of myself, like the Tim's Thames debacle. The, this, is also, this is also becoming a new segment on the show where you Google... I know, I but I'm usually really good at doing this ahead time ahead of time. I just um, assumed it was Myanmar, but now I'm getting self conscious. Uh, it, it, it could never be as bad as last podcast on the left calling it the Dilat- the Dilatov Dilatov. That's right. They they actually inverted letters on that. <laughs> All right, this is how to say. Please don't tell me there's a commercial. Of course. No, there is. it's no, it's oh. It's their stupid thing. Okay, shut up. Stop. This is... Myanmar. Myanmar. That, make, that makes sense. Myanmar. Yeah. I'm going to just say Myanmar. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I'm still going to say Myanmar. Whatever. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing the people of Myanmar aren't going to... Our, our, our one listener is going to be really offended tonight. If we do you, have anyone we listening could. You never in know. Myanmar... Please we feel have, free to correct our pronunciation. Strange places that listen to us. It's true. Well, the places aren't strange. No, it's strange that people Somebody in Raleigh over. can can put something out on the internet. That's the magic of the internet. Yeah. And somewhere, someone anywhere else in the world can listen to it. Especially people in Australia. For yeah. S- for some reason, Australians love. And New Zealand love podcasts. They they really do. Yes, every podcaster ends up doing like an Australian tour. I think it's pretty cool. We'll, All right, we'll do ours one day. Yeah, in our dreams. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so today's topic is Cyclone Nargis. Now I'm saying that wow. I'm sure okay. with a a big American accent, it could be Nargis or Nargis or Nargis. Sounds like you're about to do a review for Final Fantasy or something like that. Cyclone Nargis? Yeah, the like the, the Nargis, video game. Nargis. But why is that like fan, Final Fantasy? It just sounds like a character that would oh, be in okay. Final Fantasy. Okay. So, on May 2nd... Cyclone Nargis. Yes. On May 2nd, 2008, Cyclone Nargis made landfall on the country of Myanmar, killing over... Any guesses? Uh, I'm going to go... If you're saying over, then it's a large number. I'm guessing 2,000 people. I hope not. 138,000 Holy shit. Yeah. What? Yeah. This happened 10 years ago. Holy fuck. Yeah. All right. Uh, Okay. Uh, Three guesses why we Americans aren't super familiar with this. 
Well, one is Myanmar, Myanmar. That's the main reason, I think, and that it... Well, we'll get it... Okay, so let me just get into it. The financial crisis happened around this time. That's true, too. That is true, too. Yeah. All right. So, yes, for our warm and fuzzy holiday season, I figured we'd talk about over 100,000 people dying. Yay. 38,000 people? Isn't that... Holy shit. And we're going to get into that a little bit more, too. Yeah, it's... And remember, when we're talking this big of numbers, those are estimates. Definite estimates. And that's probably the low end. Yeah. All right. So, I am going to begin this week back in our geography corner, because if I had to ask you right now, where's Myanmar? What would you say? I'm pretty sure it's a province of, of China? No, it is its own country. Okay. I thought it was... No. Was it at one time controlled by China? Oh, I, I didn't delve oh, okay. quite to that. But I'm thinking it's like in the South Pacific. Or the Asian Pacific. I'm sorry. Like by what? Uh, like India. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that region. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 not, you're not far off. Yeah, yeah it is. Um... So the Republic of the Union of Myanmar, that's its full current title, um, is in Southeast Asia. So it shares a small part of it, a small part of its western border with Bangladesh, and then the rest of its western border with India. So here's something I didn't know before I looked this up. So you know India, kind of that um, triangle shape that that it comes to mind of like the country of India if you see it on a map. I can't really sort of picture. like a weird. Anyway, that's that's how I picture it, like a peninsula kind okay. of. Well, it also has like an outcropping out to the to orient myself east. Okay. That that runs like there's a little skinny bit that runs north of Bangladesh, and then a bigger portion that runs inland, which is interesting. And that part borders Myanmar too. Okay. Yeah. So. uh... The northeast border of Myanmar is shared with China. Um, and then to its east is Laos. And to its southeast is Thailand. So it's Southeast Asia is what the region it's considered to be in. Uh, a lo- and then a and large v- part... Vietnam is also in that region. Mm-hmm. It's yep. close to Laos. By Laos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, almost or most of, its in, of Myanmar's entire western border is coastline. Okay. Um, so, and it runs along a portion of the Indian Ocean called the Bay of Bengal, and okay, also the Andaman Sea. So, which, which are all just parts of the Indian Ocean. So, a big part of uh, Myanmar, Myanmar. I'm going to do that the whole fucking episode. Just, I hope just not. stick with one. It's okay. Um, I'm sure there are port towns, cities all up and down that. I would think so. They're yeah. probably a major trade. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, is shipping is probably what they do best, I, I, would, would, I would guess. They grow a lot of rice. I mm-hmm. know that I did read about that, yeah. Which makes sense. Thailand does too. Vietnam does too. Mm-hmm. That China does. That whole region is, is um, good for growing rice. But um, So the Bay of Bengal is the part of the Indian Ocean that's so on its... Uh, so if we're talking about the Bay of Bengal, on the west is India, like the coastline of India, then Bangladesh is up in the north and Myanmar is on the east. So that's where the so mirror it the other way on <laughs> to show you. Our audience can see you. I know. <laughs> As of the time of our story, the population of Myanmar was about 50 million people. 
Wow, that many people! Mm-hmm. Holy shit! And that's well. Well, remember, like get, well, we don't think of how highly the, populated Asia is. That part of the yeah. world is just well, overcrowded. Remember um, when we covered Bhopal? India has a population of one point three billion. It's mm-hmm. they're just like this close to being the same the I same population you, of China. I think you said in that episode sixty million fewer than China, which, which isn't a lot. When, Not when you're talking about that no. big of numbers. No, yeah. So yeah, there's Less than a tenth 50 of a million people on. Uh, yeah, this mom. is a pen- peninsula or an island. So, okay, I'm gonna break my rules again, and I I, I meant to print out a map for you because this is definitely a place I would not have been able to, in spite of all my years of uh, watching Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, I would <laughs> she not never have went been to able. Myanmar. <laughs> <laughs> she, I guess not. That oh, okay. That so, makes sense. So there's India, yeah. Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. And I'm Nepal. Sure everyone's Google Nepal's mapping. back there, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's Google mapping uh, and the, with me. And look, there's Vietnam. <laughs> oh, Vietnam. God. Communism. Communism, okay. socialism, excellent, great. <laughs> Vietnam. There's Cambodia. Um, so Myanmar isn't really a peninsula, but it's on like a peninsular outcropping. Yes. And then Malaysia is like part of, so it's this weird little skinny peninsula yeah. that shares Myanmar's part of it, Thailand's part of it, and then Malaysia's part but of it. A, but a major part of their country is right in this bay. Yes, and exactly. And the, the uh, what is it again? Andaman Sea. Andam, Andaman Sea. Yeah, I could be mispronouncing that, but but yeah, I meant to print out a map because that's I'm sure it's look I'm sure it's probably pretty there. Well, it's uh, think about Thailand. I mean, yeah. that's also uh, I and mean, yeah. it's right there, and that is also a tourist destination. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to go. I don't want to be hit by a cyclone. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that. Um, so we're going to get into another one of my famous short histories of Myanmar. So Myanmar was originally called Burma. So if you've oh, heard of Burma yes. or Burmese or whatever, yeah. it's a name that, that was the name of the country until re- pretty recently, 1989, which is when it was changed to Myanmar. Um, but apparently both names are acceptable. And in fact, it was a little controversial that it was renamed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So apparently Burma is also an acceptable name for, for Myanmar. There was a uh, 90s alternative band called Mission to Burma. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that's such a fucking poser. But name. honestly, that's the reason I know that Burma and Myanmar are the same place. I just kind of forgot until you went. Oh, into did it. they talk about Myanmar? And they were like a political. Oh, like, I gotcha! You know, I name, gotcha! You know. I gotcha! <laughs> they just weren't very good at it, which is, <laughs> which, is, which is why you've never heard of them. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was their uh, uh, that was their shtick. <laughs> so the early peoples of Burma, and and like I said, they can. So both names are acceptable, but it's especially. Back in the history, obviously, it was called Burma. Um, the people of Burma date back to several millennia BCE. Oh, I'm sure. In the second century BCE, the first formal governments were formed in the area, and eventually the dominant kingdom of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Pagan, but it could be Pagan, it's P-A-G-A-N, um, arose in the 11th century A.D., uh, it was around for about 250 years, then collapsed, and familiar story that I'm not going to get too into, wars, dynasties, coups, 
Zutalor. All, all the fun stuff. <laughs> yes. Of history. <laughs> yes. Again. All the best parts. Right. I don't mean to gloss over things. It's just I feel like I would not do it half justice. There are know, certain parts of the it. world that are so old and so and have been civilized for a long time. You could literally just go in. You could take fifty hours just talking about the history of that. Just an overview. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty intense. So, so you kind of have to gloss over these parts of the world because, like, yeah, there's a lot of people. There, right. There have been a lot of people for a long time. I just want to make it clear that it's not because I don't think it's important. Right. It's just that for the purposes of our story, you know. Um. So, like so many other countries in the world. Uh, Burma was eventually colonized by the British. No. Big, big shock, kill surprise. In the early 19th century, uh, Burma gained its independence on January 4th, 1948, uh, when it became the Union of Burma, a democratic socialist country with a president and a prime minister. On March 2nd, 1962, so about 14 years later, a Burmese military commander named Ne Win led a military coup of the Burmese government and became the head of state. So he just deposed everybody and was like, it's me. I'm the dictator now. Uh, the people, people who protested the coup were met with heavy military force. Yeah. Um, and let me see, did I? Oh, yeah, I go into that later. Never mind. Um, and universities in Burma were just shut down for two years after the coup because a lot of the people no who were shit. protesting were college students. Sure. Understandably, you know. For the first 12 years of the coup, everything was brought under state control, billed as the, quote, Burmese way to socialism, end quote. Uh, and I'm pretty sure in this context, they meant communism, no, <laughs> not socialism. Well, what they actually meant was a dictatorship. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's its own form of government that people confuse sometimes with, with socialism and communism yeah, and yeah. other forms. Yeah. So we're talking about a full-blown dictatorship. Yes, yeah. Uh, a new constitution was adopted in 1974, rebranding Burma as the Socialist Republic of the Union of Burma. Yeah, so they were trying to get in favor with... The USSR. That's why they yeah, named themselves Yeah, well, it was, it was during that era, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was ruled as a single-party government, and the quality of life for Burmese citizens very unsurprisingly declined, making Burma... Drastically. Yeah, making Burma one of the world's poorest countries. Yep. So... By 1988, the citizens of Burma were pretty damn sick of the way things were going, and they staged an uprising called the 8888 Uprising, or it might be 8888 Uprising, but that's for August 8th, 1988, which is when a lot of the major protests were staged. The state killed thousands of protesters, so they were met with hard military force. And yet another coup took place by General Saul Maung, who declared martial law. In 1989, the country was officially renamed the Union of Myanmar. So that's where the na- that name came from. And the next year, 1990, elections were held, but the military junta... I like that word for some reason. It's a terrible thing, but I like the word. Military junta held on to power regardless of the fact that democratically elected leaders had won 80% of the seats on the on the Myanmar parliament. So at the time of our story today, still in 2008, the military junta was still in power. 
So for 30 years. Going well, on 30 years, 20 years. At the time this. of the story. Yeah. yeah. But we'll, we're not even talking about current day. We'll, we'll get to current day in a little bit. But, but at the time of the story, yeah. Junta was still in power. All right. So now we're getting into the cyclone. So when I say cyclone, Nargis, what do you think I'm talking about? Well, it's a... It's a tornado that happens on the water, essentially. It's like a mix of a tornado and a hurricane. That is an excellent guess, and it's probably also what I would have guessed. Here's the confusing thing. We're talking about a hurricane. Okay. So uh, a cyclone, a tro- specifically a tropical cyclone, which is what this was, a hurricane and a typhoon are all the same type of storm. Okay. They all have the same characteristics and characterizations, all of that. So now I say tropical cyclone because obviously land cyclones are tornadoes. That's what, yes. that's what that is. Um, so the exact terminology, terminology just depends on where you are geographically. Okay. So in the northern Atlantic Ocean, where we are, and the northeast Pacific Ocean, a tropical cyclone is known as a hurricane. In the northwestern Pacific Ocean, that would be like by Japan and stuff, it's called a typhoon. And then everywhere else, it's called a tropical cyclone. But it's okay. all the same thing. All the same thing. And they, I, I liked how you said uh, by Japan and stuff. <laughs> you know, by Japan and stuff. <laughs> Technology and stuff. Technology and stuff. <laughs> um, so regardless of what they're called, they all form the same. They all, it's just the exact same thing. So they strengthen and weaken the same way. So I'm not going to get too far into hurricane dynamics because we've talked about it in um, Andrew and in the Galveston hurricane. And is that the, are those the only two we've covered before? I think it is. I think it might be. This might just be our third hurricane or tropical cyclone. Yeah. Um, But basically just to recall hurricanes strengthen and tropical cyclones strengthen over warm water, uh, break down over land. That's the, the oversimplification gist of it. Um, now, something that's interesting to note is that tropical cyclones in the northern hemisphere, where we are, rotate counterclockwise. In the southern hemisphere, they they rotate clockwise. That is weird, isn't mm-hmm. it? This is due to the Coriolis effect, which I'm not smart enough to explain. I just read that. Um, because remember, this is not a science podcast, nor have we ever claimed it was. We bill ourselves as comedy. Whether you find us funny or not, we are not scientists. And disclaimer. All right. So but it you, But you keep do... coming back because we're hilarious. We like to think so. At times. <laughs> um, anyway. Tropical cyclone season in the Bay of Bengal and the Arabian Sea, which is called the North Indian region, uh, North Indian Ocean, sorry, region collectively when referring to cyclone season, has its own season. Just like the Atlantic hurricane season runs from June 1st to November 30th, uh, in the North Indian Ocean region, it tends to run from April to June, and then there's like a generally a lull in July and August, and then September to November. And I say tends to because just like the Atlantic it does, Atlantic season, it doesn't mean hurricanes can't happen between then. Right. It's not like the purge where they're only allowed certain times <laughs> of the year. Um, 
It's just that that's when they are most likely due to the temperature of the water, mostly, um, is my understanding anyway. So, but of course, tropical cyclones, hurricanes, typhoons, all the same thing can happen whenever they want. And with climate change, it's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier when they happen and how big they get too, obviously. So, um, the categories of tropical cyclones in the North Indian Ocean region have a different scale than the ones we're used to here. So in the Atlantic, you know, we have a tropical depression, tropical storm, category Mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, and potentially new, like five plus coming up at some point because hurricanes are getting um, stronger. And we've gone over those categories in previous episodes. So I'm not going to rehash it too much here, but just, I will draw kind of a comparison between the two scales because, um, I think a lot of us are familiar with, at least I certainly am, with the Atlantic um, categories. So the scale in the North Indian Ocean starts at a depression. So that's like the weakest, uh, but still official storm. Then a deep depression. <laughs> which, I don't know. That sounds, I fell into a deep depression. I don't know. It sounds very dramatic. But um, now... It sounds, it sounds like a song by the band Mission to Burma. <laughs> It really does. (laughs) Um, And a depression and a deep depression are both the strength equivalent of a tropical depression. Obviously, a depression is just on the lower end, deep depression on the higher. Then there is a cyclonic storm, then a severe cyclonic storm. Those Those are both the equivalents of like tropical storms. Then a very severe cyclonic storm, which is goes into like category one, category two territory. Then an extremely severe cyclonic storm, which is a high category two through category three and into a low category four. And a super cyclonic storm, which is like a high category four into a five. So I'm going to guess that this was a super cyclonic storm. Actually, it was not. Oh. But it was close. It was Jeez. It was a extreme an extremely severe cyclonic storm. At least I think wow. so. There are, there As are, I recall, I haven't talked to that part yet. very specific with their storms <laughs> yes. over there. Wait, was it super or was it extremely severe or was it only I'm already, severe? I'm already confused. I know. There's involves, a lot of superlatives. Yeah, it just involves a storm. It is. It is, yeah. And it's not something you want to have uh, pass over your neighborhood. No. In any form. No. So this is pretty interesting. So again, um, Atlantic hurricanes were used to um, them forming off the west coast of Africa, right? And then Mm -hmm. heading, not always, because they can form in the Gulf of Mexico, but and then heading west Mm -hmm. towards... Across the Atlantic. Right, exactly. Well, in the Indian Ocean... They can start literally just in the middle of the ocean. No shit. Yeah, so... So just all of a sudden. Yeah. That's that's fucking creepy. It is, isn't it? So Cyclone Nargis... Well, and I think it's just because there is a lot of land in that area, so it is kind of forming off land. It's just that everything's pretty close, so... But Cyclone Nargis had its beginnings on April 25th, 2008, in the Indian Ocean, in the Bay of Bengal, so in that, that... area of the Indian Ocean between India, Bangladesh, and and Myanmar, and off the western side of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands, which are off the west coast of Myanmar. Uh, It hung around, it literally just kind of turned in the middle of the Bay of Bengal for a couple of days, and that's how it first became a depression on April 27th. 
it headed west a little bit, like kind of towards India, and was upgraded pretty quickly to a tropical cyclone like that same day. So it's starting to climb up that category scale. On April 28th, it was upgraded to a named storm, cyclonic storm Nargis, which was the first named storm in the North Indian Ocean 2008 tropical cyclone season. Um, and remember, a cyclonic storm is like a weak tropical storm. Mm-hmm. So. Now, at that point, Nargis basically just stood still in the middle of the ocean, which is not good. When a hurricane or a tropical cyclone just sits over warm water, it is just It means it's building forming. up energy. It is building. That is exactly what and it's doing. when it releases that energy, it's just going to... Well, it, it's it's just getting bigger and bigger. It's mm-hmm. growing is what it's doing. It's That's growing and it's getting concentrated. Can you fucking imagine being... Fuck that. I, I know. I know. I'd be shitting in my pants if I saw... I mean... Yeah, it, it was... I, I would just be running, I guess. <laughs> well... Constantly. <laughs> just <laughs> running just, around in yeah, a circle like, like a little like, hurricane. No, just away from it. <laughs> but there'd um, be no getting away from it almost. Yeah. I mean, it's, so during this time, like, while it was growing, Sri Lanka, which is off the southeast coast of India, a little island nation, um, was just getting slammed with rain. Mm-hmm. They, they were just getting dumped on with rain from it. Uh... And thousands of families were displaced in Sri Lanka or left homeless, but the body count was very low. It was just a bunch of rain for the most part. There was only two reported deaths in Sri Lanka. So soon after the flooding in Sri Lanka, Nargis was upgraded all the way. It, it, this thing, this, when this thing grew, it grew fast, all the way up to a high, very severe cyclonic storm, which is like a Category 2. So it went from tropical storm to Category 2, kind of like that. Wow. Now, at this point, the storm was oh, still just, just sort of... brewing. It was still just circling and circling and, or, you know, churning, exactly. Um... But it was starting to trend north and somewhat northwest. So at this point, they were thinking it was going to hit India or Bangladesh. So that was who was getting warned about this initially. Um, Farmers in Bangladesh were warned to hurry up and finish harvesting their rice. Like, come on, get your crop in now because it's just going to get all fucked up from the storm. Um, And there were food shortages already in Bangladesh because of a tropical cyclone from the year before and from other flooding they had gotten. So um, Nargis, the idea that Nargis was going to hit Bangladesh was pretty devastating news. And now at this point, the storm actually started to break up a little bit. Now, this is all happening within like a period of two or three days. Actually, not even. This is mostly like April 27th and 28th. This is happening like just in that time. So it started to break up a little bit, got a little disorganized, and it was downgraded to closer to like a tropical storm. But then it started gaining some movement, some momentum, and started turning northeast, so away from India and Bangladesh. By April 29th, so again, we're talking just a couple of days, it was starting to gain some strength and continued to grow for the next two days. And on May 1st, it was headed completely due east. So now, instead of like, okay, India and Bangladesh, it's like, oh, fuck, Myanmar. It's headed straight for you. So Cyclone Nargis was a Category 4 equivalent storm. 
So that would put it in the, uh, what was it? Extremely severe cyclonic storm territory. It had peak winds of around 135 miles per hour, which is 217 kilometers per hour. And yeah, that made it a, a high, extremely severe cyclonic storm, but not a super, not a super, but extremely severe. So around 12 p.m. local time on May 2nd, I didn't write down the date, I think it was, yes, on May 2nd, 2008, around 12 p.m., Cyclone Nargis made landfall in Myanmar. Specifically, it hit the, I'm just going to look at this for a second. Okay. Ayayawadi? Yeah. Sounds good. Region of Myanmar which is like a tiny little peninsular outcropping of the country on the southwestern side. The United Nations estimated that one and a half million people in Myanmar were, quote, severely affected by Cyclone Nargis. Now, severely affected is kind of an understatement. When the dust cleared, initial estimates were that almost 54,000 people were missing and almost no 85,000 people were confirmed dead. And <clears> that you basically add those numbers together. and Yeah, and you end up with that exactly. Mm-hmm. The final death toll was estimated at at least 138,373, mm-hmm. though estimates closer to 146,000 are thought to maybe be a little closer to Jesus. reality. Yeah. Now... That's all awful. That's a huge death toll. But I was really surprised to learn that, yes, okay, yes, of course, Nargis was a very notable cyclone. That is a huge number of dead people. That is still up there in tragedies in this region and everything. But it wasn't the only one with that high a body count in recent history in that region. Oh, because just four years earlier? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no. Okay, so that's a good point. Yes, the Boxing Day tsunami, which we all are going to get into, but in 1991, there was a tropical cyclone that killed about the same number of people as Nargis. So, like, 17 years earlier, this has had happened before. So it's not, yeah, so... Yeah, and in 19... There's precedent for this. Yeah, and in 1975, Typhoon Nina killed an estimated 230,000 people. Now, to give you some context, that's just over the estimates of the people who died in the Boxing Day tsunami in the 2004. No shit. Yeah. Indian Ocean tsunami. Yes. So this has happened multiple times, and it's been horrific every single time. Yeah. Just the four incidents we mentioned, that's around a million people dead. Yes, it's a huge number of people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty staggering. From from Earth. Earth killed all these people. Yeah, nature nature (laughs) did, yeah, exactly. Holy shit. Um, Now, because the... The death toll can't be accurately counted. Yeah. It's possible that Nargis was closer to Typhoon Nina and the Boxing Day tsunami. It's it's not really known for sure. It's thought to be in the 150,000 ballpark, but yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't that just horrific? Um, I did not print any pictures because the stuff I did find was pretty awful, showing people, like, drowned and stuff. And Anyway. Um... 
So, but by all accounts, Cyclone Nargis was the worst disaster in the history of Myanmar, like the worst single incident in Myanmar, and certainly natural disaster. Um, in addition to the dead, up to three million people were left homeless, and I'm oh. guessing that was even an understatement. Mm-hmm. And some towns and regions were just obliterated, literally, literally devastated. In some areas, like almost every building fell. Yeah. Uh, your the, your uh, infrastructure is yeah. badly damaged, and plus, all those people who are homeless are also jobless for the most part. Well, there's, uh, no, there's not much work going on because no. there can't be. Everyone's trying. Everyone's yeah. full time job is recovering, is, yeah. which is horrific. Um, now, the damage had not been due only to the wind and the rain, but the storm surge, which, as we learned from the Galveston hurricane, is horrible and can really devastate a lot of sure. Um, regions in the case of a storm. So now the aftermath is an interesting story in Cyclone Nargis. Uh, remember, Myanmar was still under military rule. Yes, it was. Still under the junta. And that complicated relief efforts. The Myanmar representatives in the United Nations did formally request assistance from the UN. Like, yes, please help us. But the Myanmar government didn't, the junta didn't officially ask for it. Though they did indicate that they were open to international aid, but they didn't directly ask for it. The main issue was that it took a considerable amount of time um, for the aid to arrive to Myanmar because the Burmese government, the, the Myanmar government, was very slow to issue visas mm. to aid workers. Um, to enter the country. In some cases, uh, various international organizations had flown literally tons of supplies to Thailand and had to wait there in Thailand, like one country over from where all these people needed all this help and all these supplies and all of this aid. They just sat there waiting for their visas to clear only to have them denied. Oh, my God. Understandably ca- causing a lot of concern. Yeah. So it would have been better off if all those people just walked to Thailand. Oh, the people from Myanmar. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. It would have, uh, they would have gotten that aid a lot quicker. I didn't get into that, but I'm sure there was a fair amount of refugee situation going on. Like people and there were probably people that, to, that tried to do that, because yeah. I'm sure they knew that that aid was there and yeah. it just wasn't being let in. Well, what they knew or didn't know is hard to tell between Jesus. the junta and lack of ability to communicate what because fucking, of the uh, mess to the infrastructure. And that winds up killing lots of people. Yeah, oh yeah. Like because of people getting, clearly, can't yeah. get food, water, they were not getting stuff it like that. Very quickly, yep. God. The aid that was allowed into the country came first from Myanmar's neighbor Thailand and then um, further flung efforts began around May 7th. So 5 days later it took for more than just a neighboring country to be able to be allowed in. And it first came from Italian planes, interestingly, um, bringing relief supplies from the UN, as well as supplies and relief workers from the Bangladesh army. India was also key in providing aid because India and Myanmar actually had a, a long history of strife, but then a lot of improvement in their relationship since the 90s. So they were Actually, their their governments were working pretty well together. So Myanmar was 
more willing to accept India's assistance than many other countries. Um, however, the government, again, the junta, the coup government, the not real government, uh, started peddling back their acceptance of foreign aid. So they were like, yeah, we'll take it. No, wait a second. They probably took whatever they could for themselves and maybe a few <laughs> other people. Certainly possible. And then once they had enough, they're like, oh, we got mm-hmm. rations for a year or two. Then they're like, all right, that's it. So specifically on May 9th, so we're still talking a week after the, the cyclone, they officially stated that they would only accept physical supplies and financial aid, but would refuse any foreign workers to enter the country. So they were, the, the whole issue was the um, visas. Well, they were like, well, yeah, just give us the shit. Don't give us the people. Don't give us any workers. Um, the prime minister of Thailand tried to like reach out in a diplomatic effort to the junta to convince them to open the country, but they shut that shit down. Yeah. So, um, Many NGOs because they can. Yeah, no, I mean exactly that they're right, th- called there all is the no there, there's no parliament there's no congress not there's really no, no there's no nothing to no. stop there's them. technically a parliament but yeah no, no. but whatever they say goes. Yeah. So many NGOs, governments, and the UN were very concerned about the delay in aid and what that was meaning to the people of Myanmar. Uh, Oxfam International specifically expressed concern. They're like, what about water access and sanitation for people? Like, this could spread disease. Mm -hmm. People might be dying from dehydration. Like, this is a big deal. And rumblings began that the Burmese government, the Myanmar junta, was potentially trying to actually carry out a form of genocide by denying aid. Like, well, this is an easy way to get rid of an awful lot of people. Um, France and the United Kingdom both specifically spoke about the failure of the junta to act, calling their actions inhumane and a potential crime against humanity. So there were some fighting words that were being, which... And those two governments were also like, and we know what what a crime (laughs) against humanity looks like, and and this is it. (laughs) So that, I mean, like when, like when other governments and especially our own government say shit like that, I'm like, Mm -hmm. are you serious? I'm like, we can't even get clean water to fucking Flint, Michigan. Well, yeah. And we're going to bring freedom to a country 8,000 years this is France and the UK. I understand that you're not saying that we're worse but than they are or whatever. They have their own issues. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Both of them. Yes. <laughs> um, also, remember, Britain was the one who um, colonized, colonized Myanmar yes. for a long time. And so. the only reason France didn't is because Britain did it first. <laughs> exactly. You don't think Napoleon had his eye on that shit? He was mm. like, that's a nice coastline. Yeah, right. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations, A-S-E-A-N, or ASEAN, it's, a, it's like a coalition of countries in Southeast Asia held an emergency summit. So ASEAN is an intergovernment organization, 10 member countries, Brunei, Cambodia, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, Myanmar, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. So those are all the countries in ASEAN. And half of those countries are problematic. Well... Uh, This is is an interesting coalition, though. It it really is. Uh, It's Southeast Asia, basically. Mm -hmm. So on May 19th, so we're now 17 days out of this, um, out of the actual impact of Nargis, initial impact of Nargis. Um, I I wrote 11 here, but no, this was May 2nd, so 17. Um, 
So 17 days after, Myanmar finally agreed to accept aid from its fellow ASEAN member countries. Okay. So, uh, and that was scheduled to begin, the actual aid was scheduled to begin arriving two days later, (laughs) May 21st. So 19 days after the initial impact. Um, After much hemming and hawing and negotiation, the junta was finally persuaded to allow foreign aid workers of any nationality to enter the country on May 23rd, three weeks after. Exactly three weeks later. Yep. By this point, an estimated 75% of storm victims had not received any assistance. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. Which is millions of people. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands at the very least. But yeah, they're, they're saying, well, they were saying like at least three million people were homeless. So yeah. In the meantime, while all of this negotiation had been going on, some aid that had arrived had been literally turned away by the junta, including an entire fleet of ships from the United States that, was, that were filled with aid workers and supplies. They literally told them to go back. They were right there with all this shit for, for tell people, and they said, bye-bye, go away. We don't want your help. While this back and forth was all going on, a Burmese comedian named Maung Thora, also known, I guess his stage name is Zarganar? Zarganar? <laughs> sure. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I celebrate his entire catalog. <laughs> this is all taking a little bit of a left turn, but... Um, yeah, all of a sudden we're talking <laughs> about, about a comedian. comedian. Well, because he coordinated relief efforts to more remote villages in the affected areas. So he he was... Was a, he doing his routine while they were bringing in... No, I just think he was like a, no. a, some, a humanitarian, a local humanitarian, as well as, as a comedian. Plus he was like a hometown boy makes good yeah, kind of yeah, thing, probably. Yeah, uh, probably, yeah. Um, he also made public comments criticizing the junta. Well, yeah, you know, right? He said... Probably not the smartest thing to do well, either. He said, quote, These are my people. I want to save my own people, but the government doesn't like our work. It's not interested in helping people. It just wants to tell the world and the rest of the country that everything is under control and that it has already saved its people, end quote. For his comments, Zarganar was arrested and sentenced to 45 years oh in prison God. in November of 2008. He was eventually released in 2011 okay. in a mass release of political prisoners. Now, 2011 was a big year in Myanmar because that's when the junta began dissolving, eventually leading to a general election in 2015 that led to the election of the first non-military president since the 1962 coup. Wow. And that's what I got. That's a pretty fascinating story. Yeah, I didn't get, again, the, I didn't go in, too in much the further wor- in the In the future. worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's another one of those... There's only so many ways to say that the government or the... Junta, really, the the dictators of Myanmar just didn't give a shit about its people. At all. No. And uh, didn't really care that people weren't getting aid. Uh, And that 
I mean, at least there's a non-military leader in there now. I didn't look all that much into their current state. I don't know uh, the, of the country of Myanmar. I sure hope for all of the poor people of Myanmar that things are way better now. I don't know for sure. I know that things can get a little crazy. Well, I was going to say in that part of the world, but look at us. <laughs> ah, we are not much better. <laughs> So, it's a I crazy mean, world we live in. And that, that's one of the things. Like, we immediately had people over there, like, ready to go. The U.S.? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yet, we don't have, like, a whole immediate emergency, like, of people going to Flint, Michigan and rebuilding water pipes. Like, it, or, it, like, it doesn't make any or sense. Or look at what happened in, like, uh, New Orleans. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the... It's like, how could we... Like, I appreciate that we're doing it. I honestly do. Right. Yes, foreign aid. I'm yes. very much in favor I'm of in foreign favor. aid. Yeah, I'm yes. not trying to shit on foreign no. aid. But what I'm saying is, why can't we get some domestic aid? You know, honestly, <laughs> I th- I feel like we could do an entire episode, an all-bad thing, a disaster topic on FEMA. Like, FEMA the disaster. They're also uh, the secret government, if you watch the X-Files. Oh, really? FEMA's the... Yes, the secret government. The shadow government yes. or whatever? <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Little did they know that New Orleans would happen. Well, or that FEMA can't... Function. Can't seem to do anything. Well, <laughs> that's they're, not they're, true. They're 50-50. They, but... Kind of. It's just, and it's not the people who work for FEMA, like the the federal workers. It's the people that run it. It's the organization of it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, our, yeah, our foreign, or sorry, our domestic assistance is a whole other. But just uh, imagine, like, okay, we found out uh, we had poisoned water in Flint, Michigan. And then, like, the next day, there's a whole team of engineers and pipe fitters. Right. like, Aid and like, assistance. <laughs> like, wouldn't that make sense? Would anybody yes. would anybody really complain if that happened? I doubt it. Uh, the Republicans would find a way. Yeah, like Lindsey Graham would in some <laughs> way. But like, would any rational person complain yeah, about I that? Would that certainly hope not. Yeah. So that that's what that's what just kind of bugs me about that sort of thing. Again, I'm I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, come on, we've got to have the same response here at least just one time. That's all I'm asking. Um, Two times. Can I can I give a little tax nerd corner? Go for it. So. Uh, or another new segment. <laughs> tax nerd tax corner? Tax nerd corner and uh, looking up the proper way to pronounce something <laughs> on Google. You do. In the middle of the podcast. Yes. Um, it is disaster related. So with the. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that went into effect this year. It changed much of, well, it changed several things about itemized deductions. Anyway, sure. Um, one of one of the things that you used to be able to to claim on your taxes was casualty losses that were not covered by insurance. So, like, say your house burned down and you had it covered. It, your house was. Um, worth like $100,000, but you only had it covered for $75,000, and that's like the cash that your insurance company gave you, well, you could claim the $25,000 loss uh, up to, there were, there were like... Sure, there were some loopholes and other things. No, th- there were just like limits to oh. it, and it, you, you couldn't claim up to a certain amount, and then you could after that. Anyway, um, well, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that has been eliminated 
unless you live in a federal disaster area, federally declared disaster area. Interesting. Um, otherwise, if it's just your house burning down, you're SOL, no. But if your house got like damaged in one of the hurricanes or something, then you're okay. Or in the California wildfire? Well, I sure hope that's considered a federally oh, declared disaster area. I hope this point. so too. Yeah, I'm sure it must be. You never know. Well, because to my How knowledge, declaring a federal disaster area just means um, that it it um, allows for more aid and assistance. It opens yes. up the aid opens and up assistance. the purse. Yeah, yeah. Or the wallet. So, anyway, that was Tax Nerd Corner. Yes, I enjoyed that. No, oh, thank you. Yes, that is. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also you can claim your kidnapped children. (laughs) No, we'll get into that another time. But remember when I was studying initially and we talked about the kidnapping children? And Mm -hmm. can you still claim your kidnapped child? Can the kidnappers claim them? Uh, Maybe. No. No, I'm kidding. Pretty sure no. (laughs) Anyway, so that was Cyclonergus killed somewhere in the ballpark of 150,000 people. That is crazy. awful. Yeah. And just the whole... uh, and as if the people of Myanmar didn't have it bad enough. They were being ruled by a military government. Yeah, they're government. shit, right? That was also killing them in the thousands when they protested. You know what? Maybe they welcomed it. Maybe they're like, just fucking... I doubt it. Just take my life. Oh, just get rid on. of me, please. Hey, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I would have welcomed it. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our... <laughs> I, for one, welcome Cyclone Nargis. <laughs> no. Take me with you. No. Yeah, that, that would suck on... That's horrible. And being a survivor of that would also be... Mm. Fucking terrible. Like what Horribly we like what traumatic. we talk about in next week's episode. That we recorded yesterday. Yes, we did. Because we're recording out of order, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, being a survivor would be hell as well. It just being a survivor of any disaster. Yeah, your oh your life your life is going to change suddenly for for quite a while. I, Hopefully, it'll get back to normal eventually. But who knows when the hell that's going to be? I feel incredibly lucky to have never gone through something that get, has given me PTSD, because that sounds like just about the worst thing yeah. to have to deal with. That's just horrible. Yeah, it is pretty terrible. I'm sure. That's horrible. Let's hope we never find out. <sighs> yes, indeed, indeed. Anyway. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and, a, Christmas. and a happy new year. <laughs> we're we're going to have a fun new year episode. Yes, and we're going to have a miracle sewed uh, Christmas episode on Christmas Eve because we are still coming out just like we have every single fucking Monday for a year and a half. We got our Monday episodes, and that's going to include Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yes, it will. And a special um, Christmas treat on Christmas Eve that I have written for everyone. <laughs> yes. I am very much looking forward to it. And when you hear it, dear listeners, you'll be glad that you did. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm going to be glad that I did. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, take us out. All right. Well, this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week. And know your exits. <laughs>